It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? Welcome into Locked On Warriors. I'm your host, Charles T. Hamilton got another good one for you today. We'll be joined by co-host Wes Goldberg in just a minute. But first, the Dubs have more injury news. What else is new? Seems like a daily occurrence. They get ready to take on the Lakers. And then where do the Lakers fit in today's NBA hierarchy? That's all coming up next here on Locked On Warriors on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, everybody? Welcome into Locked On Warriors. I'm your host, Charles T. Hamilton. Going to be joined by co-host Wes Goldberg in just a moment. The Dubs struggling with injuries again. I know. Shocker. We break some of that down. It's it's so much worse than just the main guys. And that's one of the things that gets overlooked. When your stars are injured, you forget about the other guys. <laughs> and the other guys are ailing too. Uh, before we get into that, though, I've got to bring in my man, Wes Goldberg. Wes, what is up, man? More injury news coming uh, coming from the Warriors today. Uh, what can you tell us about the the updates uh, that they've given us and one new injury as well yeah i mean the well let's start with the new injury because this one is is another blow for them damian lee um fractured one of the metacarpals which is what his brother-in-law steph curry fractured as well and he's going to be out for at least two weeks dealing with that so if you're the warriors you know you've already you're already dealing with jacob evans who's going to be out for another two weeks and so in that backcourt, you're down to D'Angelo Russell, Jordan Poole, Alec Burks, and Kai Bowman, who's on a two-way contract. Damian Lee, who's on a two-way contract, was playing some major rotation minutes for them. So that's going to impact a lot of what they're able to do on the wing. They've been relying on Lee quite a bit for some ball creation, actually. And so uh, that's – I know we're talking about a two-way player, but that's a big hit for a Warriors team that's already shorthanded. And I guess the silver lining is, since he is a two-way player, it – 
prolongs his, you know, 45 days that he gets to stay with the team, et cetera. So his, his injury time doesn't count against his, his 45 days, but it really doesn't matter because once it's up, they're going to bring him on full time. I mean, he is locked into their plans for this year. He's basically looked at as a full-time roster player. So silver lining, isn't that silver, I guess I was looking through (laughs) their, injuries this year and that's the thing we you know the headliners obviously get the attention you know oh Stephen Clay terrible injury uh luck but it's so much more than that you got Steph Clay Looney Jacob Evans Alan Smilagich Amari Spellman who's going to be uh out for the the Lakers game and then uh, Damian Lee and we just got Draymond back as well so it's been so much more than than just the headliners like I can't remember a season this snake bitten by injuries, at least for the Warriors in recent years, man, it, it's, uh, I, I don't know. It's, it's alarming, I guess you could say. Well, it's, it's weird too. I mean, it's like Steve Kerr was talking about uh, the other night, how on the road, because they only had like nine or 10 guys, they only had like nine players on the road with them on this last road trip. And he would walk into team meetings in the morning and be like, and be like, Hey, where is everybody? And not, not ironically, like he would just, he, yeah. he's wondering like, why is everybody so late? And, and one of his assistants would be like, Oh, this is the team. This is everybody that we have here. And he's like, that's crazy. So I think from just uh, an interpersonal point of view, like it's, it's, it's really, I think just the shorthandedness of the whole thing, just having like, not only just all the players being new and inexperienced, but just how few of them there have been on some of these road trips and things like that. It's sort of, added to the surreal kind of flavor of of this whole season you know yeah yeah definitely and on top of the players i named willie collie stein has missed time d'angelo russell's missed time uh who uh, draymond obviously uh who was the other yeah. one there was one more in there uh, i forget just about basically alex burks alex, alex burks there you go I mean, yeah kavon looney i mean everybody is basically missed time even eric pascal missed a, a, a game, yes. right? Yeah. So it's just, it, it seems like there's something going around where all these guys are getting hurt. I don't know if it's a situation where, I don't know, you, you've probably been in situations, right, where you've got all of this, you know, adrenaline and, and stuff, and you, maybe it's during finals exam week or something like that or whatever. And mm-hmm. just got, you've got all this adrenaline, all this energy, and, and you've got all this urgency pushing you towards something. And then once that task is done, you just like get the flu. All of a sudden, <laughs> you just like get sick. I feel yeah. like that's almost what's happened with the Warriors this season, whereas five straight finals runs are pushing towards this, they're pushing towards this. They've got this championship window that they're trying to make the most of. And then as soon as that window closes, people just break their hands, people get sick, people are getting contusions and metacarpals and all these things. And it just, it just sort of spirals out of control. It kind of feels like that's what's happening. Yeah, seriously. And, you know, I didn't, I didn't want to bring it up because I don't think it has anything to do with it. Um, and also the, again, silver lining of all these injuries is, you know, it's probably better for them to be losing games right now uh, in the long run. But with all the turnover of the training staff over the last, you know, three or four years, you can't help but wonder about it. But again, I don't think it has anything to do with them having all these injuries. I think it's just the way it goes in the NBA and just professional sports in general. You're going to get injured. This, this, to switch gears a little bit here, but considering all the injuries that they have, and the schedule that's coming up, when do they win their next game? That's my question because you've got the Lakers. You've got the Lakers, you, you, and then you've got the Celtics to kind of wrap up this, this 
work week, right? And so the Lakers is going to be the, the, the first best defense in the league coming off of a game where he played the second best defense in the league. Boston, at the time of us talking right now, has won, what, seven or eight? I think they've won eight straight games. Mm-hmm. They look really good. So you're walking into that, or they're walking into San Francisco, but that's a tough game too. And then after that, you go on this four-game road trip um, from New Orleans to, uh, I'm trying to, it's, what is it, New Orleans, Dallas, Utah, and I'm missing one. But, oh, Memphis. You, it's New Orleans, Memphis, Dallas, Utah. And there's a back-to-back in there. I mean, maybe you could beat New Orleans, maybe you could beat Memphis, but that, th- those are your two chances, really. Dallas looks good. Um, and so I'm just – I'm looking at the schedule, and I'm like, when do they win a game? Because it kind of feels like they need one, right? They've, yeah. won, they've now lost four straight games going into this Lakers game and going into this Lakers game. It's probably going to be five straight games, right? So yeah. they're going to need a win at some point just for a morale boost. I know like, – I agree with you. Losing games is probably ultimately the best thing for them. But they've just got to win, I don't know, like one in four. Does that, that, that sounds about right. Like one in, yeah. one in every four games they should probably be winning. Yeah, no, definitely, and that's why the the Minnesota loss was so tough because it's yeah you're in position to win, you know, and you are going to need some wins just to keep morale up. I do think they'll be able to get one of those ones uh, on the road, whether it's Memphis or uh, New Orleans or even Dallas. You know, I I like some of what Dallas has, but also Porzingis hasn't been great. Um, but you know, we'll 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 get to those when we get there. But I do think there's one in there, and again, you know, it's the NBA. You just never know. You can catch Boston on an off night. Yeah. Um, but I am worried about the Lakers tomorrow just because that's going to be a tough matchup. We're actually going to break that down in just a minute. But first, Audible has the world's largest selection of audiobooks and audio entertainment. Start listening with a 30-day Audible trial. Choose one audiobook and two Audible originals absolutely free. Visit audible.com slash locked on NBA. That is audible.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-B-A. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Berea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Berea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Wes, so the Golden State Warriors with the worst defense in the league are taking on the Los Angeles Lakers with the best defense in the league. It does not look like a great matchup. Uh, Not only do they have the best defense, they also just have a lot of aspects that hurt the Warriors that the Warriors have trouble with. And and the main thing is length. Uh, You guys, you know, I mean, I've, I've been part of it, not you guys. I've been part of it, making fun of guys like JaVale and, and Dwight, but they're both massive human beings that give the Warriors trouble uh, not to mention Anthony Davis and LeBron James. Um, I'd love to be positive about this matchup, but it's not looking good for the Warriors. 
No, there's really nothing to be positive about. I mean, at least, like, no, I got nothing. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I just, like, this is a, they, like, they played about a bazillion times in the preseason, and it just felt like every single time they played in the preseason, the length was still an issue for them, and that's because they're not, the Warriors are not a big team. And granted, they were without Willie Cauley-Stein. I think having him just being seven feet tall will help some. But that's only one seven-footer that you've really got there. I mean, otherwise, you're looking at Glenn Robinson III, who's done an okay job picking up LeBron James in that starting lineup because Eric Paschal is, is presumably coming off the bench again with Draymond Green back. Maybe you put they, – they've, they've put Draymond on Anthony Davis, which is a bad matchup for Draymond. It's a very, very bad matchup for Draymond. And so I, I, that we probably see more of that, right? And I think once you get Paschal in there some midway through the first quarter, maybe put him on LeBron or whatever. But, um, you know, you said it right out of the gate. This is the worst defense in the league, playing the best defense in the league. And that's kind of the breakdown right there. But then you just add the, the fact that the Lakers, that offense sustains itself via the two-man game of LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Like, they could just pick and roll the Warriors to death. And the pick and roll defense has been the biggest hole for the Warriors. It's the reason why they have the, the worst rated defense in the league is because they can't stop anything at the point of attack. The middle of the floor has been wide open for every team that they play. And then once you start collapsing, that's why we're seeing over and over and over again, teams shoot 40, 50 plus percent from three point range against the Warriors is because the three point shots are wide open that they're getting. This isn't spooky. They are getting open, very good looks against the Warriors defense because they have to crash into the paint. When also you've got these ball handlers kicking out to wings who are out there in the corners or above the break. And it's just it's just easy money for every offense that walks in. So I you look at a team like the Lakers, who are a middling offense, right? They're not an elite offense by any means. They have a pretty slow pace. And I think that's definitely a factor. But, um, you know, you have LeBron James, Anthony Davis controlling the middle floor, and then he's able to kick out the guys like Danny Green and Avery Bradley and these guys who can make threes. I Like, barring injury or just some crazy, like, Houston Rockets-ish missing 27 straight three-pointers, I don't see a way the Warriors win this game. Yeah, and I'll tell you what I'm going to hate the most is seeing Quinn Cook go like four for five from three and score 20 <laughs> points, man. I, uh, I've i been critical of Steve Kerr's handling of Quinn Cook, and maybe I'm too high on him. But, yeah, it's 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 going to be a tough season for me watching him do well for the Lakers. But it's like you said, I mean, they've they I give them credit. They've done a good job of getting shooters on the cheap to surround uh, LeBron and A.D., and it's just going to work. I mean, it, it has worked against the Warriors. I also thought playing them four times in the preseason was the dumbest thing they could have done. But, you know, it, it is what it is. For some reason, they played the Lakers four times, but it couldn't have played the Clippers, who also occupy the Staples Center, or couldn't have played the Kings, who are an hour and a half away. So I just thought that was ridiculous. But whatever. It is what it is. It's not as if everyone would be healthy now if they hadn't played the Lakers four times. So it's a tough matchup. I mean, you nailed it. The Warriors look like they've never seen a pick and roll before. Uh, Draymond even mentioned it during uh, in one of his interviews recently with Anthony Slater. He's like, you know, first day of practice, you, you could have scored on us in the yeah. pick and roll. And uh, I mean, maybe they could shut down Anthony Slater now, but besides that, they look lost a, a lot of the time, man. It's it's um, it is improving marginally. Guys know where they're going. They 
the the word that they keep using, the team keeps using is the young guys have to see the bigger picture. And what they mean by that, they, they keep saying pictures. And it's more than just go to the sideline, look at the actual pictures and see where you should have been when you weren't there. But to see how the, like what, what that, what the play is going to look like when you're on defense, what the play is going to look like for the opposing offense, basically what they're trying to get to, what is the finished product the offense is trying to get to. And that's what the Warriors coaches are trying to teach these young players like Jordan Poole and Eric Paschal and all these guys is like, look, it's one thing to just get in front of your guy. It's another thing to anticipate what your guy is going to do and how that's going to impact, you know, the other um, nine players on the floor, basically. So they're starting to get there. They're still a step or two behind, um, but having Draymond Green there is going to be helpful. Um, Draymond Green can't cover all of the ground, but he can at least sort of direct and teach and instruct while he's on the floor. So if, I mean, if we're trying to find positive things, this will be a really good game to watch film from and learn how to stop an elite pick and roll tandem and an elite pick and roll player like LeBron. I mean, it'll at least be that, right? Like this will at least be instructional. And again, of course, it's, you know, all about development. So even in a loss, you can see guys develop. I mean, that's what this season's about. Um, just real quick before we uh, move on. Uh, Spellman is out tonight, correct? And then Looney and Jacob mm-hmm. Evans, it's, uh, they're still out for, uh, you know, another extended period. Smiley Geek said he's weeks. dunking now, which I don't know what that means. Uh, maybe he's getting a little better. But basically everyone's still out that we assume is out. But Spellman was the one question mark, but he, he remains out, correct? That's right. And then a little update on Smilagic too. I mean, he's, he's out of his boot. He's, he's walking around the facilities a lot more than he was. And when I say walking around, I mean like not really limping. Um, he's been in the locker room. He's been getting dressed. He's been doing the whole thing. So I think they're starting to slowly acclimate him back into things. And uh, I, I mean, when we're talking about all like Kevon Looney, for example, it wouldn't surprise me if we saw Smilagic before we saw Looney. I think they mm-hmm. might be ramping that up. And it's another situation where I don't think – like when they drafted Smiley Geach, they didn't intend to play him a single minute this season probably. Uh, and and that's not going to be the case now. They're probably gonna just going to get him out there and see what he can do. But uh, exactly. that, that, I mean, we might be ramping up towards something like that. That is one of the – I mean, I don't know if it's a benefit or not, but the fact that this season is going the way that it is, I'm with you. I expected to see him exclusively in the G League. But now with mm-hmm. this season the way it is, he can take his lumps with the uh, at the the big level against the NBA players, and you know they they can live with it. Uh, I wanted to ask you about the Lakers and just kind of where they stand in the entire league, the Western Conference, etc. And uh, we're going to do that in just one minute. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So Wes, as we know, the Dubs are taking on the Lakers tonight. The Lakers are... They're great. They're the best team in the or best defense in the league, excuse me. Um, so it's a tough matchup for the Warriors. We already know that. But I wanted to get your opinions on the Lakers as a team in the league. Where do they stand in the league? Where do they stand in the Western Conference, in your opinion? Uh, I like, obviously, you like getting LeBron James and Anthony Davis. I 
disagreed with them waiting on Kawhi uh, the way they did. Apparently, I mean, obviously they thought they had a shot. I kind of, I disagreed and thought they should have tried to build their team um, through free agency because by the time Kawhi decided where he was going, there wasn't much left. So they were stuck with guys like JaVale McGee, Boogie, Mm -hmm. Dwight Howard in the end, uh, Troy Daniels. You know, we all know who they have. And I thought they did fine recovering, but I thought they could have had a much better team if they just focused on, you know, getting role players instead of waiting on Kawhi. But anyways, where do you look at them? Because I see them as a great regular season team that is probably a piece or two away from a championship team, though. Yeah, and I think what you're talking about, how they kind of, like, it's weird to say that you screwed up an offseason when you ended up getting Anthony Davis, who's probably one of the top five players in the league, right? right. But that's that was the view, right? After this, like, everybody kind of knew that Anthony Davis was going to end up in L.A., so they didn't really get credit for that, just like they didn't really get credit for signing LeBron the year before that. And I don't think they should get a whole lot of credit for the LeBron thing. But right. um, the Anthony Davis thing, they did execute the trade. They did make it happen. I think you got to give them a little bit of credit for that. And then as far as the Kawhi Leonard thing, look, I think – it, that's so hard without knowing like what intelligence they had, if any. If they were just going in blind and had no intelligence, which very well could have been the possibility, uh, considering that front office right. and that track record. But uh, if so, if they had no information, they just got played. Then yeah, they should have been able to read the tea leaves. They should have had some more intel and not gotten played. But if you have a chance to go get Kawhi, you go get Kawhi. I agree with you. I don't think that there was ever really a chance Kawhi was going to go there. It just doesn't seem to be his mo to have joined the Lakers. That said. The pieces that they picked up made sense, right? They didn't. They need. They knew they just needed guys who could play, and I think we're actually seeing with the Warriors, like, yeah, it's kind of cool to go get your Damian Lee's and Kai Bowman's and and Glenn Robinsons and these like young players who can show some potential and stuff, but they don't really know how to play that well, and they're not that experienced. And at least what the Lakers did was by bringing Rondo back and by getting the guys like Avery Bradley and Danny Green and Javale McGee and Dwight Howard, like those guys are at least experienced. They've seen everything that there is to see at the NBA level. And so they're, they're ahead of the learning curve in the way that the Warriors are not. And so I think that was beneficial. I think they played it right. They, got, they obviously went out and got some shooting, which they didn't have last year. Um, I've been really, really bullish on the Lakers because mm-hmm. ever since they got Anthony Davis and LeBron, to join LeBron James, I'm like, look, you've got two of the top five players in the league. There's not another team that can say that right now. I mean, you could argue maybe the Clippers, depending on what you think of Paul George. But we don't know what he's going to look like when he comes back. Anthony Davis is healthy. LeBron James has not looked this good in two years. And so, like, I, I just kind of, like, to me, it just sort of, like, the analysis is, like, as much as I want to, like, get into the weeds of this stuff, like, the analysis kind of stops there with me. You have two of the top five players in the league. Nobody else can say that. And one of those players is LeBron James, who I'm not ready to give the, like, take the crown off of his head, right? Yeah. Until, like, innocent until proven guilty. So, <laughs> I look at that team. I like Frank Vogel as the coach. I know he was like their backup plan as coach, but I think he was better than anybody else that they could have hired. Um, he's done a good job of getting that defense into gear as he's done in every single stop he's been at. And when when you look when when it comes down to it on offense, if you've got LeBron and Anthony Davis, you'll figure it out. And that to me has always been the thing. You know, people get knock them for putting Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee next to Anthony Davis, but my whole thing this year is that fit is overrated. Go get talent first, figure out the rest of the stuff later, and that's sort of what they did. Danny Green has been awesome for them. Um, championship experience, 3 and D type of wing who can take some of the pressure off of LeBron defensively, which is huge, which allows him to be even better offensively. I think that this is a team that can win a whole lot of games in the regular season because the formula is pretty simple. It's that two-man game that we talked about at the start of the show. 
But then in the, in the postseason, you know LeBron is only going to be better than what he is during the regular season. And I think he's just going to carry everybody with him. I don't, we don't know what Anthony Davis is going to look like in a high-stakes postseason setting. We've never seen that before. But um, I would imagine he gets better playing next to a guy like LeBron. So I think that this team could – I actually have them – I actually picked them as my finals winner before the Ooh. year. I am that high on the Lakers. and I've been that high on the Lakers, and it's mostly just because of LeBron. All right, yeah. I, I see that. I get it. And, I mean, I can't argue any of that. I mean, you said it, like, innocent till proven guilty. It's like me with the Spurs and LeBron as well. I can't say they're not going to make the playoffs or say they're not going to be great until they actually show me that they're not because they've just continued to do it for so long. I'm, uh, I'm Clippers. I think the Clippers are the, uh, the finals favorites, or at least for me. But, I mean, again, it's all speculation, what, 12 games into the year anyway, so – uh, My only question with the Clippers is who guard – if, 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 first of all, there's two things that are working against the Clippers. Number one, even if they got the one seed, right, if they were to play the Lakers in a Western Conference Finals, the Lakers now have home court advantage. No matter what series or whatever <laughs> round it is, the yeah. Lakers, if they have to travel, quote-unquote, travel to the Clippers because the Clippers have a higher seed, the Lakers will have home court advantage. So that's already working against the Clippers. The other thing is I don't know who on the Clippers guards Anthony Davis. I just don't know. It's not going to be Zubak. It's not going to be Montrezl Harrell. It's like you've got Kawhi to guard LeBron. You probably you could put maybe Kawhi on Anthony Davis and put Paul George on LeBron or whatever. But to me, I think you end up having one of those guys play Rover because and just sort of try to screw stuff up offensively. And maybe that's ultimately how you create the disconnect between LeBron and Anthony Davis' two-man game. But the other thing that's been working for the Lakers really well is just letting Anthony Davis isolate. So if you just get him the ball in the high post, I don't know who on the Clippers defends that. Um, we know so the NBA that's always been my question. Ooh. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, the only, team, the only team I look at is like the 76ers with all their size. And you could throw Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons at those two guys. And that's, that's my finals prediction is Sixers Lakers. That's kind of what I'm anticipating. But um, that to me is the only team in the league that has the bodies to compete with the bodies that the Lakers have. I think the Clippers have options to throw at him. None of them will shut him down, but I think they can throw a bunch of different looks at him. But again, it's, yeah, you know, 12 games in, it's a fun season. I, I am, it's been uh, pretty brutal to watch the Lakers fail upwards. Um, I, I do enjoy the fact that Kawhi did pick the Clippers over the Lakers. And same thing with, with Kyrie and KD picking Brooklyn over the Knicks. Um, like I said, just failing upwards is pretty brutal to watch, but Hey, they got they got LeBron, they got AD, they made their moves, and uh, we're going to watch them play an undermanned Dubs team tonight. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow with a breakdown of the game, I guess, or maybe some more injury breakdowns the way this season's going. But either way, we will be back tomorrow with another episode of Locked On Warriors on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily podcast on the Golden State Warriors. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.